This is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music focus show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you, while our fascinating fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. And I am the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent, and that's A-S-N-T to you folks. And I do the thing that I do, and that's who dat. So do you know who dat? He can throw a mean uppercut, gives away all front row tickets, idolizes the Beatles and Ray Charles, attended 1.5 days of Woodstock to see Hendrix, and then didn't. His father was a classical pianist. He determined 21 years old was no time to die, and Captain Jack moved him uptown to Columbia. Gee, uh, that's a... That's quite an interesting uh, bio there, and why doesn't it sound familiar? I mean, I'm going to take a wild shot in the dark and say Billy Joel. That is correct. Oh, it is okay. Billy Joel. Ooh, oh, all right. That was a close one. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I'm nothing much. I'm Professor P. Soup, uh, international rock legend, radiant savant, and uh, ever since the passing of Dick Clark, the world's oldest teenager, only with the wisdom of age and uh, senior discounts, to go with it. And if you want to follow in my illustrious footsteps, save yourself the tuition of Hip Hop Harvard or MCMIT, which are both referenced in my song, It's a Mystery, which you can hear on any streaming platform or get at professorpsoup.net. Plug, plug, plug. And enroll at PSoup University. Uh, classes are filling up soon. And mm. don't worry, I've got you already. I've got you already penciled in, and I'm waving the deposit in your case. So, for Finchworthy slang, and for this every show feature, we are challenged to use the selected slang word as much as possible throughout the show, whether it makes sense or not. And uh, this just gets our juices flowing. So, this week's slang word is jazzed. In 1955, 30 years after the jazz age, Merriam-Webster added the slang term jazzed to the dictionary. The adjective, a play on the word for the popular ragtime music, is an informal way to describe someone who is full of excitement or enthusiasm and just for fun. Slang of the jazz age era included dapper, father time, and gams. But for today, it's going to be jazzed. I think gams is a great word, by the way. <laughs> I've actually used it a couple times. That's Don't ask. But uh, jazz, in other words, as we would say today, something along the lines of stoked, or as the British would say, chuffed. But uh, yes, jazzed. Uh, I bet there's going to be a lot to be jazzed about in such an exciting program. All right, so feeling jazzed because we're going to talk about some reasons why people buy terrible pop and rap music. Another list provided by the top tens, though it's not exactly ten. So why... Why do people buy shit music? Terrible pop music and terrible rap music. This is something that plagues us on this show. Why do they buy it? Well, one of the reasons, and I'll start here, and then I'll ask you for some possible reasons, and we'll see if they're on the list. Because the person performing is good looking. Yeah, that's probably a big factor because of videos. Video killed the radio star and all that uh, kind of stuff. It's true, and uh, an exciting video or an attractive star can make you uh, listen to just about any crap, and uh, you associate it with a good feeling, and the fact that the music is uh, trash uh, doesn't register because you associate it with a good feeling. And, um, yeah, that is a very sad thing. And the amazing part about it is it isn't that they haven't heard good music. That's the only stuff they've ever heard, so they think it's good because they don't know any better. Mm. It's not that because you see them in public places where the music gets changed up and they're exposed to like real rock and roll and everything. And how could you ever go back to swill? I don't understand. But anyway, but uh, yeah, that is uh, sad. 
Well, it is. And I do think that how somebody looks or what they're wearing or their hair or whatever, their makeup, their jewelry, whatever, does have a huge influence on whether people think their music is good. And that's unfortunate because good looks or fashion sense or whatever does not equal talent. And as an indie music artist who performs all over the place, I can tell you that's true. You don't have to be, you know, beautiful to be talented and you don't have to be talented and beautiful. It just they don't seem to always go together. Of course, there's some beautiful people out there, just gorgeous, stunning people who are in the indie scene and and more who are beautiful. And they happen to also make great music. And so that's a great combo when you can find it. Another thing is they think popular means good. So once you say it's popular or it's it's on the billboard charts or it's, you know, in heavy rotation for, you know, back in the day for those of us, you know, on MTV, it was like, oh, this must be great because I'm seeing it all the time. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, it's, we know that's not true. Right. But I think for some people, they're like, well, I mean, Cardi B comes on every like fifth song. So must be good. It's she's popular. All I ever hear is Drake everywhere I go. And and then again, we look at the Spotify stats, and it's staggering. Staggering, it's, you know, billions. fifty-five million. You know, you know, billions of people are listening to these people. So sometimes they think popular means good. So so far, not good things to judge good music on. The other thing is they just want to dance. They're just listening for a catchy beat. Now I will tell you that is a huge draw for uh, for me when I'm thinking of like. I don't know. I guess like any dance music, I'm always looking for some Justin Timberlake comes to mind. A lot of his music is very dancey, very catchy, but he can also sing and he happens to be hot. So that doesn't hurt him at all. But if he if he was very talented, couldn't dance and his song still had catchy beats, I might listen to him when I need to dance, when I want to dance. Right. Because sometimes you just want to dance. And um, the kind of dancing that I got used to doing when I was young was to rap music, was to hip hop. That's mm. what we danced to. Mm. So um, I was dancing to Belle Biv DeVoe. I was dancing to MC Hammer. Oh, wow. I was dancing to, you know, CNC Music Factory. That's the stuff I was dancing to. So when I think of dance music, I think of that music. I don't think, oh, I'm going to go, um, you know, go rock out to the Rolling Stones and I'm going to dance. No. You can't dance that way no, to that no, music. Not that so, way. I think catchy beats are a big thing, and I will listen to some stuff. Sometimes I'll hear it, and I'm like, oh, God, that singing sucks. Or this song is stupid, but God, that that beat is just kicking my ass. So that's another one. Does this surprise you? No, I guess not, but I don't know. I... Some songs just are, are not listenable enough. I mean, I, it's nice when they can nail a sweet spot between something that's actually of, of merit and quality, but also is insanely catchy and danceable, like uh, Lady Gaga's uh, "Dirty uh, Wait, Beautiful Dirty Rich. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I, I understand that, yeah. It's unfortunate. And then number four is just making me sad, but it's the truth. Diminished expectations and quality standards are just not the same. We don't expect as much of artists as we used to um, because there's a formula, right? There's the formula. You're good looking right here. I'm going to just share that you're good looking. It's catchy. You're played all the time. You're wearing the coolest clothes possible. That's it. That's, That's the formula that you need, right? And you're capturing... You know the uh, some adoring fans, whatever whatever age group they're in. Yeah. Um, and so our expectations aren't that there's going to be a good singer and there's going to be amazing musicians and the drummer's going to kick ass and it's the best drummer we've heard in rock and blah 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 years. It's there's nothing like that. It's 
what are the lyrics to these these hip hop songs or these rap songs or these pop songs and how do they relate to me? And that's kind of it. And they and they don't really have that today. A lot of the stuff that's out there today, I think it's it's like some kind of subliminal thing. It's like the force of suggestion. You read about these artists. It's like so and so blends uh, elements of this and that and that and is eclectic this and that. And and you listen to it and it's just generic shit. And it's like wait a minute, I don't hear any of that stuff you're talking about. I think the you know the hype kind of makes people hear stuff that isn't really even there it's yeah. almost it's it's, it's weird it's force of suggestion it's i agree and i even you know it's weird because i'm not saying that the music that i danced to when i was younger was quality music but i still think it's got it's got more variety than music today oh like well it it's actually no it same. has yeah it's it's something worth something yeah music of today doesn't even have that and know? that's the thing i feel like i'm listening to the same the same it's kind of whiny yeah repetitive um angsty sort of and i just i can't it's just like it's it gets getting as bad to me as country yeah right where i'm just like okay so even if it has a good beat with the exception of Billie eilish i like some of her stuff and it's poppy and it's kind of fun and it's got a good beat so i can dance to it but it's not cardi b and all that stuff and, yeah. and drake and megan the stallion all the stuff that i don't like to listen to but um yeah so then also and this is a big problem not only is this a big problem you know i think worldwide obviously but it's a huge problem for indie artists is people are stuck in place and they're only willing to listen to what is spoon fed to them. They don't want to go out and listen to indie artists. They don't want to to go to Spotify. They don't want to click the link and listen to something. What they want to do is put in the same shit they've been listening to or the shit that is given to them on the radio. Mm-hmm. They don't want to think about their music. They don't want to, you know, look for new music. And that's obviously a huge part of who I am is I want to listen to other artists. I want to look for new music. Mm-hmm. Because I'm one of those people who wants you to listen to my music. So I think that's really hard. Spoon feeding. Here comes the plane. Yeah. I'm going to play it every every five songs. What and song? you're going to like it. I mean, you know, it's it, and songs are almost engineered today to sound the same as the other songs because it's what people know. It's what people expect. Right. And it's, uh, it is so un, it's so unfulfilling. It really is. I agree. So it's kind of sad. And again, that spoon feeding is a huge problem. Yeah. And people see rock and metal as being bad, dangerous, or likely to inspire bad things in people. That's well, it's, today, it's going away, but it's yeah. still it's still something. I guess it's mostly the baby boomer era. I guess they would say that still sees that there's some inherent like evil in rock and roll. But I do think some people think, oh, rock leads to this, or mm-hmm. metal leads you to do these things. I mean, think of all the stuff in the news, right? Our whole life. I think that's some of what might still be there. And the top tens also agrees that that's part of the problem, right? Is they're seen as, ooh, it's too hard. It's too bad. That's too edgy. It's too something. Well, yeah, especially for any real uh, you know, sales, which they have to consider. Right. You know, and um, a lot of the rock today is absolutely hideous also. I mean, uh, very little of the rock is any good. Uh, so it's hard to find. Uh, it's good. It's, it's, there's some that's, that, that are, that's out there that I like. It's... It's harder to find. I'm more alt rock, you know. I, I think I'm I'm more in that area. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to find good stuff. I'm finding the most good stuff when I'm doing research for the show. Well, yeah, that's all good stuff. But I mean, there's stuff. It's stuff. That occasionally, I'll stumble across something like, "Hey, like, wow, my Chemical Romance. That ain't bad. No, Shit. not you at know, all. That's nice. You know, thirty but seconds. A to lot Mars, of the stuff that I did, that I didn't hear about. 
that I didn't hear, but I heard all about. And when I finally get to listen to them, they suck. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there are there are some really strong ones, especially though indie. My goodness, indie mm, world. There's so really... much great music out there. So again, you know, if you're listening to this show, hopefully you are of the opinion that you should get out of your own way and go listen to indie music because again. All of the people that you love all started out like we are mm-hmm. with people them wanting people to listen to them, right? Giving out cassette tapes, begging people, handing out flyers. That's kind of what we're doing, but we're doing it online. <laughs> and finally, the last thing is they just want to be cool. And I will tell you right now, my I have a niece, right? And she's like 21. She'll be 22 in April. And she likes all that. Mm. And so if I can quote it or I can talk about it, oh, I'm so, so much cooler to her. I can tell. She thinks I'm cool no matter what. But if I'm talking about an, a song that's out there that she's into, she's like, oh, you're so cool. But here's the thing. I don't give a fuck about being cool. I want to be cool to her always, but I think I, I always will. But I don't want to be so cool that I know shit music today. Oh, I'm yeah. okay not being that cool. No, I mean, because if... When you do bother to listen, it's like, okay, there really wasn't anything there to begin with. No. Like, I, I decided I'd give, you know, Drake a fair shake or uh, Post Malone. Sorry. There's I, just, yeah. There just isn't anything there to latch on to. Yeah. No. And I get, I get that there's appeal. I get that that's popular right now. I can't pretend to understand why. No. No. So, I thought that would be kind of fun to talk about some of the reasons why people buy terrible pop and rap music. And I think those are some of the the low-hanging fruit, but there's a lot of other other reasons in there, but I think we've captured them. So thank you again, the Top 10s, for being a valuable part of our show. And that is it for Bird Banter, and uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, why would you do something like that? Um, it's something I do every show. Um, it seems to coincide uh, neatly here with uh, what it says on the format. Uh, theme recap. Yes, that's what we're doing. Theme recap. All right, this is where we restate the theme of the show that you are about to hear or the show that you're already listening to and what we, we can expect uh, thematically. What kind of songs are we looking for? Songs about the big house, baby, or being a prisoner, literally or figuratively. Songs about the penitentiary, the who's gal, etc. Or uh, being just being bound by anything. Uh, jailhouse flock. Our theme for tonight, we'll see what we came up with. What, uh, what, what When I say we, I mean Christina, uh, <laughs> who... As, as she said, is uh, uh, listened and spent many, many hours finding the right songs for you. So I hope you appreciate that. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, something to get uh, jazzed about, I think. I yeah. think, you know what, I'm totally jazzed about it. And you know what I'm really jazzed about? Your first feature. Yeah, it says something. Of, yeah, it, it's like Professor P. Soup and then me again. I don't understand. How does that work? How it's, do I have two features? It's a spotlight on you. Spotlight We're spotlighting you. All right. Well, the feature in question is called... Fucking dark. The, the the feature in question is called uh, the the gray is very dark here. <laughs> They're like pink gray. Is he on with that shit again? They're like how high is he? Forget me nots. Okay. <laughs> For this feature, forget me nots. We review couples that made or make music together. Still, either they ever did musical couples. And I love uh, this feature. I think it's. I so do. Fun. Uh, it's cool. It's not always that easy to think of when you do, and you go, oh yeah, that's right. That's there right. are a few notable ones, and to me. Uh, Wrong part of that. It's funny because you do that. All, you're like, to me, oh, wait. Because it's like you're going right in. I'm like, yeah. Oh, no, we're not For going me, in. Yeah. It's so great. Just give me a second. For yeah, me. Just a second. Just a second. For me, being born in 1961 as I was, and as I'm always often telling you, what? Off, always often? <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in, okay? That's what happens with notes that have not been. <laughs> 
notes that have not been thoroughly vetted. <laughs> always, often, regularly. <laughs> yeah, frequently, always, often. <laughs> I just can't, man. That was so good. Okay. Oh, my God. My eyes are watering. That's All a right. Good one. Uh, we're going to pretend <clears> that didn't <throat> happen and go back. I was still going to leave it in the show, though. Being born in 1961, as I was, and I'm always... <laughs> and I'm frequently, often, telling you always, you know. <laughs> And I'm every time always telling, <laughs> but it's still there. It didn't erase itself. No, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> I grew up in the golden age of television and music, and among the things we were treated to was this next couple, who were very, very prominently featured in, well, both actually. I'm speaking of television and recording legends Sonny and Cher. Mm. Right? Well played. Well, way back in 1962, Sherilyn Sarkeesian met Salvatore Bono. Hey, he's a nice boy. Hey, hey he he's a, a Salvatore. <laughs> I'm just saying he's a nice boy. And he makes a mean a big aziti. Hey, fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. All Italians are like, this This is what they're looking Oh, no, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm It's about any people named Sonny. I can't help it if... if the Godfather has a prominent character named Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> he's a nice boy. He's all I'm nice saying, he's a nice boy. boy. That's all. Yeah, all I get nice it. Boys. Oh, they're yes. good fellas, you know. Oh, they're good fellas. <laughs> she was 16, and he was 27. Salvatore Sonny Bono was working for everybody's favorite murderous mop top, Mr. Wall of Sound himself, Phil Spector. Mm, they must have been jazzed to work <laughs> yeah. with him. Yeah. I would be jazzed to work with Phil Spector. Until I would he, unless he tried to kill until me. Until he pulls out a gun. Murdered, you know? murdered I mean, he, me. The yeah. Ramones were so used to being threatened with a gun, they didn't even notice after a yeah, while. They're like, know? oh, is he going to kill yeah, us he, again? Is it the okay. gun thing again? Fair enough. What's up with all this gun? I know. know? That's a great scene from 48 Hours. <laughs> Phil, what's up with all this, this gun? gun? Yeah, there it is. Love it. changed. Brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Anyway, uh, uh, through Bono's connections, Cher started as a session singer singing backup on several Phil Spector classics, such as The Ronettes' Being My Baby. Now, I had no idea about that. And The Righteous Brothers, You've Lost That, that Love and Feeling. That must be the part I don't like. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I didn't know that, okay? But uh, you've got such an ear for Cher's soothing tones. Dulcet, <laughs> yes, dulcet soothing. Dulcet soothing tones. Just a lull you into a, like a, a womb-like serenity. You they know? always, often, always. regularly do that <laughs> Frequently. <to me>. <laughs> frequently. <laughs> constantly. <laughs> I'm sure, given your, uh, your, you've got such an ear for share that you will hear it if you listen again. There, and you know, here's the thing that I'm going to hate the songs. I'm going to try not to do that. You lost that love oh, and feel. You've lost that love so about, and feel. Be my baby. Be my baby. <laughs> I can't. I just, Wait. <laughs> yeah, pop. We we did a winging it about pop. No, we, that wasn't a winging it. That was yeah, that was a winging it. That was a winging it. Well, we go three shows in one three night. Three shows and one is unlike the others. One is unlike the others. Thankfully, yeah, they're all the three different shows. Three yeah, different. We got some variety and going. We here. Speaking of variety, we'll be talking about variety again. Couples doing variety in a moment. As many of you probably know, Sonny wrote, arranged, and produced. Uh, pretty much the songs, and their mm. first venture into public life as a recording artist was under the name Caesar and Cleo. Oh. Yeah, ouch. Ay, ay, Releasing ay. a few singles, but then in 1964, they started recording under the name of Sonny and Cher, and they had a hit with a song called Baby Don't Go. Then they released their first of five albums in all, including the number one single, which everyone loves, unless they're a black-hearted scoundrel, I Got You, Babe. Come on. It's so good. Uh, It's so sweet. It is. It's so sweet. They appeared on many of the top television programs of that uh, that wonderful era, and their second studio album broke them up. uh, Fuck. The second studio album, they totally broke up. Fuck them. Their second studio (laughs) album. Shit. (laughs) 
Their second studio album broke them really big in 1965. Five of their songs were in the U.S. Billboard Top 20. Damn. A record passed only by Elvis Presley. Uh, Cher also released a few solo numbers during this period, including major successes like, listen up, Kill Bill fans, bang, bang, my baby shot me down. Uh, she's over here grimacing a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> which, was, which was also written by Sonny, uh, as was the hit, you better sit down, kids. You know that one? <laughs> yeah, anybody else singing these songs, I probably would have liked them. <laughs> I do like I Got You, Babe. That's a sweet song. Uh, they also sided with the uh, young people being harassed on the Sunset Strip during the Sunset Strip curfew riots, however, which got them removed from their position of honor in the Tournament of Roses Parade, those filthy hippies. <laughs> <laughs> I like the hippies. <laughs> anyway, the very shrewd businessman Bono, attempting to capitalize on their success, arranged a film project for them to star in, but it was a bomb. And another bit of trivia I did not, not know. I just found this out. This is so cool. Because of that, the intended follow-up film, Speedway, was sold to MGM. And they, Sonny and Cher, were replaced with, wait for it, Elvis Presley and Nancy Sinatra. Oh, that's better. Yeah. I, I think they... There's uh, no yeah. way they could have sold it the way those two No, did, hell so. no. I haven't even seen it, but you don't yeah, need to. Yeah, I don't need you to. You don't need to. For, first of all, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I don't want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see the other one, maybe. But, maybe, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, record sales slowed down, but Sonny forged ahead and got them a bunch of dates in Las Vegas resorts, where Cher well remains to this day. Uh, sharpening their... 753 <laughs> yeah. at age 753, looking like she's 16. Charging like $300 a night or something Seriously. for the, the tickets. That's right. Uh, sharpening their public persona uh, with Cher as the wisecracking and glamorous singer, and Bono as the good-natured recipient of her insults. Uh, in reality, Sonny controlled every aspect of the act, from the musical arrangements to the jokes. So he, he was a little magoo, though. Yeah, but he was running the whole thing. Though. Right. He was purposely Magoo, but he was still Magoo. Didn't exactly take off right away, but eventually TV talent scouts noted their potential appeal for a variety series. In 1970, Sonny and Cher starred in their first TV special, The Nitty Gritty Hour, a mix of slapstick comedy skits and live music, which is the classic variety show of right. that glorious epoch, you know. Mm -hmm. This was a success and led to numerous guest spots and other shows. Then finally, the head of CBS offered them their own variety program, the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour, debuting in 1971. How well I remember, too. It was great. They must have been jazzed. Uh, I was jazzed every night when this was on, along with other shows. It Absolutely. Was, uh, I mean, imagine being 10 and being jazzed. You I, know. I don't even know. How do you know what that is? I mean, you, you know, you don't, you can't put it into words yet. No, but, but you, you know. know the feel. You are. Yeah, yeah you are in it, you know. Uh, it was started as a uh, summer replacement series, later turned into primetime, and became an immediate hit, quickly reaching the top ten, receiving 15 Emmy nominations throughout its initial four seasons. I have to tell you, anybody who was around and watching it during that time, everybody loves it. Yeah. Everybody uh, uh, loves it. It's true. You can't. It's, I, it's, it's impossible not to, Seriously, really, people you know? just have such adoration for that show. It was a great time to be alive, to be, to be experiencing these things live. Uh, this also revived their co recording career, and they released another album with more hits, including A Cowboy's Work Is Never Done, mm. written by Sonny. Cowboy's Work Is Never Done. Sorry. Uh, by the third season of the show, however, the marriage was falling apart, uh -oh. as they, uh, and they separated later that year. The show collapsed internally, however, while still ranking in the top ten with the public. So mm. they, they went out when they were on top. Went out with a bang. With a bang. They must have been just. Well, not that they were gone for good yet. Bono launched a solo show, The Sunny Comedy Review, in 1974, retaining the same comedians and uh, writers from The Sunny and Cher Show. And Cher announced plans to star in her own variety series. Critics were predicting Sunny would be the big winner, but very soon after its pre uh, premiere, his show was abruptly canceled. Cher's show appeared in 75 and absolutely slew 
and won a slew of awards. Figured I'd recycle that joke because if the audience is anything like me, they forgot it already. And uh, though the couple had gone their separate ways, Journey's playing in your head now uh, already. You'll be hearing it all day. When I wrote this, it was like, oh, shit. Cher attended the opening of one of Bono's restaurants. You know, he's got restaurants all over the place here. Well, he had them. Well, yeah, they're closed, but there's one out in uh, Rancho Cucamonga on Route 66. It's uh, it's got this, like, orange shape, this giant orange building shaped like an orange. You can pull in and buy shit and a big restaurant, too. Sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but it's so California, though. Mm. It's so sunny, too. All right. Just like California. Just like California. <laughs> And uh, after this meeting, they rekindled their uh, public relationship, at least. And in 76, they were united for a new revived Sonny and Cher show, but that didn't last long either. She went, of course, on to become a serious award-winning actress. And Sonny went on to appear in some not terribly serious, but very entertaining films, like uh, Airplane 2. Surely you remember that. I do. Surely Surely. you remember that. Don't call me Shirley. Uh Uh-huh. He also became the mayor of Palm Springs, California, and later a United States congressman in the House of Representatives, and has a stretch of highway named after him in California. He does indeed. Driven up and down it. The couple made a surprise impromptu reunion uh, in 79 and 1987, and that latter one on Late Night with David Letterman, where they performed the legendary I Got You, Babe, for uh, which turned out to be their last performance ever. I mean, that, growing up in that era, I got a little verklempt reading about that. Of course. Um, Yeah. In 1998, Sonny Bono died of injuries while hitting a tree while skiing at the oh, young age of 62. Brutal. Only days after Michael Kennedy died a similar accident. And if you were around back then, there's no way you could forget that. No. These two dying while skiing was horrendous. Horrible. horrible. And then Natasha... Richardson? Ugh. Yeah, she also died from a head injury. From a head injury. The same skiing. as Bob Saget. Uh, now there's but two very her, public her examples. Skiing. skiing, yes. But, but a bump on Bob. the head you don't think anything of. That you die of, that you but die from. But real quick, just so you know, they said Bob Saget. It was, it was, the injuries were like he was hit with a bat. So I can't imagine how oh, he okay. hit his head that oh, hard. Okay. But he did. But it's. But no one knows how. It was he, so he, weird. he might have actually been hit with a bat or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Who but knows? Uh, but Natasha, I mean, you can just fall and bump your head you and get die. So you really got to go to the hospital. You, you really got to really have to check do. it out. Got it. Well, that's why when I had my accident, they were like, "You still okay?" I'm like, "I didn't hit yeah, my head, dude." Sonny's widow, Mary Bono, was actually selected to fill in the remainder of his congressional term oh, and wow. was reelected in the wrong right all the way. <laughs> Dictation notes. In the wrong right. Not vetted notes here, okay? <laughs> she was reelected in the wrong right all the way up until 2012, she served. I have no idea what that means. Oh, oh, I know it. It's in her own right. <laughs> Dick, Glad you figured that Dick's, out. Dick's notes are so entertaining. I shouldn't. I should never edit these. You know, they're so great. They're a lot of fun. In her own right, I, I see shit written down here. It's like, what was I saying? Because it wasn't that. You know, I would imagine it was not that. Uh, she was uh, reelected in her in the wrong right. <laughs> in the wrong <laughs> in right. her own right. That's right. All after 2012, Cher, of course, stuck around making movies, doing live shows for many many years. She's still doing to this day in Vegas. Uh, and the pair fittingly received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for television in 1998. I don't know if that means they don't have one for music. They should, anyway. Well, young people back in the day, when you <laughs> when you had to be sitting in front of television to see a program when it actually aired, we were always glued to top flight shows like the Smothers Brothers and Carol Burnett and, of course, Sonny and Cher and then later on Cher herself. Uh Cher, of course, is a legend in recording as well. I know she. everybody doesn't love what she does, but there's no denying that she's I mean, a legend. She's legendarily least. bad, but yes. <laughs> well, she's <laughs> she's big anyway. Uh, 
And an actress, certainly. An amazing no, actress. Nobody questions that. You don't she's have to like her to know actress. she's a great actress. And I don't. I like her. I have no yeah. problems with her. But her acting is brilliant. Oh yeah, she's fantastic. Amazing. Fantastic. A lot of these uh, singer actresses are so damn good. Diana Ross was amazing. Bette Midler is amazing when she wants to be. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what. So, so why do she, people... you brought her up and then you trash her? <laughs> what the fuck? When she wants to be is not trashing <laughs> her. <laughs> <laughs> but I find myself mean? wondering, I don't know what it even means. <laughs> but people say it all the time. Question I think it's the second thing tonight Question that people just say. Yeah, we don't even know ears, what it behind the ears. Yeah. What does that even be. mean? What she wants to be. <laughs> she goes out and says, I don't want, I don't want to give today. a good performance. Here I go, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't really want to give a good performance today. You know. Okay, now I do. <laughs> da- <laughs> now I do. David will like <laughs> David will like this one. This one's for you, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But but I think Sonny's overlooked as the the director of their very successful career and as a fantastic songwriter, too. Uh, A sentiment captured in the title of their fifth and final album, Mama Was a Rock and Roll Singer, Papa Used to Write All Her Songs. Never a great singer or actor, Sonny Bono always brought (laughs) I'm sorry, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was a great entertainer. He's a great entertainer, just not a singer or actor. <laughs> so somewhere in between. It's those. hard. It's hard to get in between. He's a great comedian, you know, but he always brought a delightful, self-deprecating humor to his comic roles and great sounds to the airwaves, which bless us to this day. But lest we forget, they were a recording act first. It says at you know. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And along with along with wifey share, I'm, these are dictation notes that I did earlier today. So I. <laughs> So, I hear the word wifey all the time. I think she's probably going to kick your ass if she hears you say wifey. All the way of love. <laughs> That's you that poisoned my mind with that. It's the truth. It's, it's a fucking truth. <laughs> share. Every a dick just writes down S-H-A-R-E. I just say share. <laughs> I just say share because I know what I'm talking you about. You know what you're talking about. Do you? Well, I know sometimes. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I get befuddled here. You know the right, I mean, the wrong want, right. You do a good job when you want the to. the wrong right. When, you know, when you want to. In, yeah, <laughs> when I want to. You know. <laughs> I'm still a little wet behind the ears. <laughs> but uh, I dare say they are one of the great entertainment duos of all time. Ooh, a, a real wow. power couple. I think so. They had huge hit records. Uh, a huge hit show. They're a real power couple, certainly in my myopic little view. <laughs> and I'll take them over Jay-Z and Beyonce any motherfucking day. <laughs> oh, them is fighting words to somebody, I'm sure. <laughs> Very cool. I love Forget-Me-Nots. It's just because I learned so much more about the couple, right? So much more Me about too. their legacy, so much more about their relationship. Because I know you you pride yourself on not wanting to know the other. You know what, though? All of that shit that happens... Behind closed doors influences their music, influences everything. I guess. So, yeah, I guess. I've, I've never been into people's personal lives, but it does. Eh, it can get relevant occasionally. It's all relevant. Yeah. It's all. It's all relevant and relative, apparently. All so, relative. Well, my God, it is that time. I'm so fucking jazzed right now because we are about to listen to the first of five indie artists, and this first artist is Natalie Page, and the song is "Caught." Now, she is in Seattle, Washington, and perhaps when we do our Northwest tour, we shall bump into her. I shall try. She's a singer-songwriter, and let's take a listen to this tune. Ooh. Ooh. 
ultimatums try to grab me by the neck. You don't realize, you don't even realize, so I shouldn't bother to explain perfect sense. Just listened to Natalie Page with a song called "Caught." What say you? I say, well, your instinct, instinct, your, your instinct was that's not the dictation notes' fault that time. <laughs> your instinct was dead on. You thought I would love that song, and I do. Well, the stunning acapella intro that it had uh, reminded me of like a real heart stopper, like Journeys. Anytime, beautiful. Ooh, any 
time at Geneva. I mean, oh. it, it was like that. <gasps> I was like, yes. So and then uh, it, it begins, and it's it's one of those great super ballads like Elton John's uh, Curtains or any of his big ones like that. It's both laid back and propulsive at mm-hmm. the same time. I mean, it's edging you forward. You feel like you're sitting still, but it's sliding you along. This And I absolutely loved the smoky female vocal mm-hmm. and uh, some of the absolute best harmonies you're going to hear anywhere. And uh, then this gorgeous, gorgeous uh, lead guitar break. And then the beat drops out and uh, it goes to this potent, understated finish. Uh, absolutely masterful song. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. And what I really like is, I mean, obviously I'm a sucker for harmonies, but that kind of smoky Katie Lang thing is just is always going to get me. I really love that. There's a little gravelly in there, which mm-hmm. I always wish I had. She's got it. But yet it's pure and it's clean and it sounds sweet. But it's a really sad song. It's a song about breakup, about not understanding each other, and that she feels trapped by the situation and by the differences between the two of them. And it was just really, really beautiful. And I feel like I feel like she's reading us her diary. Mm. Like this is an entry in her diary. And I don't know what it is, but when that guitar came in, it's this really clean sounding guitar. And I liked it. It didn't try too hard. It wasn't indulgent. It was what it needed, and it just felt like it, it kind of gave some nice harshness to the song. But I like that it ends where you're like, that's it? And I really felt that way. So a really sweet song. It moves along, like you said, um, but it's got some. It's got a definite pop appeal to it. I just, I really love this song, and it was really beautiful. I can't say enough uh, about Natalie Page. I listened to a couple other tunes, and I'm just telling you, they're Really beautiful. Singer-songwriters always get me. So I'm hoping when uh, we go back up to Washington, maybe I can catch her doing a show live. That would be amazing. But if you want to catch her on Facebook, you can find her at Natalie Page Music. And that's N-A-T-A-L-I-E-P-A-I-G-E Music. Wow. And hang on to that X-Man because he's a prize. Yes, indeed. His playing was like that mostly clean, middle-of-the-road Eric Clapton thing that was so beautiful he would often do. I mean, that was a really, really nice work. It was really nice. Really nice. I love the restraint that Mm -hmm. was, I mean... A lot of you don't hear restraint a lot, but I heard no. restraint in that. No, no, in that, no, no really Randy Rhodes shit there. <laughs> I know Bruce is, is, is throwing something at the. I at think the, he is. I think he yeah. might be giving you the bird. I don't know. I, I I'm sorry. I just re- recently listened, re-listened to all of his canon, and uh, I mean he's not in the top twenty, but he's good. He's really good. You know? He is really good. Yeah. All right, so this is um, a feature that we were doing that was sometime feature that I've made into an actual feature and it's squawk that loon and it's called five and five. Why (laughs) for this feature, I will name five artists or bands and my cohort must sing a song by that artist band within five seconds. So there's going to be five people, five bands or artists that I name and you have five seconds to sing a song by that person or you lose. Wow. I've read that so many times and I still don't understand it. Hearing her explain it. I still don't understand it. Is she going to do it five times in a row? Is it going to be during the show? Uh, I got five seconds. She's going to sing five seconds. I'm going to do it right now. This is a whole, I got five minutes. You got five minutes. So the first artist, and you have five seconds. How much of it do I have to sing? I just need you, I'm going to say, give me like, you know, five to ten seconds of the song. No problem. If you want to give me more, give me more. The karaoke kid. uh. (laughs) There you go. So I'm pulling up my stopwatch right now because I'm going to be fair. All right. So the first one is Adam Ant. (laughs) <laughs> we don't follow fashion. That'll be a joke. 
You know we're going to set them, set them, so everyone will take note, take note. Well done. That was in like 3.5 seconds. Nice. All right. I'm going to reset the clock, and I'm going to say Snoop Dogg. Uh... Um, ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Woo! Two locked out G's going crazy. Very nice. That was like four seconds, like almost to five. That was beautiful. Well, For some played. reason, I couldn't remember uh, at that moment. I could not recall any of the slapping hoes and pimping ones. You know, they'll, but, they'll, they'll come to you. <laughs> they'll come. To they'll come to you. <laughs> That's like a fifteen second yeah. game. <laughs> All right, ready and journey. Uh oh, <laughs> I was just saying. All right. Uh, when the lights Ooh. go down in the city. Very nice. And the sorry. <laughs> oh, keep going. The sun shines on the bay. Oh, it's such a beautiful. What a voice. What a oh, song. Seriously, beautiful. So you were almost. Ooh, that was just shy of five seconds. So, it took me that long, really? Uh-huh. Oh, you know why? Because I was still thinking about any time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right, ready? Yeah. Cindy Lauper. Uh-oh. <laughs> Some boys take a beautiful girl and hide her away from the rest of the world. <laughs> I like the mocking tone <laughs> with which you sang that one. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clothespin on your nose and everything. I, I love it. I love it. Okay, and the last one, you are four out of five. Are you ready for the last one? Uh Uh-huh. Feeling pretty confident, aren't you? Maybe a little overconfident. Who knows? Ready? Yeah. Elton John. (laughs) She packed my bags last night, pre-flight, zero hour, 9 a.m. All right. Well, you did a great job. Five in five. So very quick. So that was Adamant, Snoop Dogg, Journey, Cindy Lauper, and Elton John. Well played. Hang on a second. And nice. someday it'll be her turn. That's right. Whenever you decide, it'll be my turn. But before we get crazy about whose turn it is, let's talk about another artist. How about a band named Nova Rose with a song called Release Me? They're actually from California, Santa Cruz area, and they are alt Rock, and you know how I feel about a good alt rocker. So let's listen to Nova Rose.
That was Nova Rose with a song called Release Me. And (sighs) I don't really want them to release me. I really love this dark, ominous, celestial thing that they start off with. And again, there's that clean guitar and the drums. And they just come in so nice and easy. And it's driving, but restrained, right? Which again, I like it. Hang back when you need to, you know, amp it up when you need to. And the low end of her range is so weighty. I just love it. It's very like Concrete Blonde would be so proud. You know, really, it's just weighty and it's beautiful and just so heartfelt. I mean, I just I hear every she's so emotive with her vocals and the harmonies are beautiful. What I like is they're hung way back. That harmony is way in the back. Normally you harmonies and they're almost just slightly like quieter than the lead. And that's great, but this was just kind of like a creepy but beautiful ghostly echo. And I just thought it was well done. And then I love that there is the there's a part well, I feel like it's it's all so weighty, like not just her voice, but the harmonies are weighty and it's melancholic and sad but defiant at the same time. I like that because I feel like she's super sad, but then she's like, but you love you know, and she's she's very defiant and I love that. And then there's a piano versus the gritty guitar because at first the guitar is clean. Mm. Then it gets gritty. And I love those two just kind of playing off each other. The vocal trills are on point and they're totally memorable. They're these little beautiful things she does that I'm sure are her style. And I heard Mm. every single time you did it, girl. It was beautiful. Uh, I just want to say Nova Rose, reach out to us next time you're in town because Sen would like to play uh, some gigs with you. Pretty amazing. The bridge gave me everything I needed at that moment. That bridge was beautiful. And then um, the Keith Moon drums at the end. I mean, there you go. What a way to go out. What did you think? Yeah, it's funny about Keith Moon. Yeah, the melod- the whole thing, it begins with this uh, incredible melodramatic piano, you know, mm-hmm. uh, right away setting this. Uh, and I, I know I use the word theatrical a lot, but this but it is, is, this is very. like some kind of phantom overture, you know. <laughs> this is pure rock opera, and um, it's like... You can't call it like symphonic rock, even though it has elements of it, because it's much too raw. That's, it is. That's oh. what makes it so gratifying, is that it is so raw. and But it still has this really beautiful guitar, as you said. Mm-hmm. And it goes out into this, you know, this big, big but brief finish. It doesn't overplay itself and everything. And it is like the quintessence of heavy emotional drama, ideally leading to maybe something lighter like, you know, Beach Blanket Bingo or whatever. But oh. it's, a, it's a knockout. It's a knockout. Yeah, a great, great song um, by a great band uh, here in, you know, kind of where we live in California, Santa Cruz, a very beautiful area. But you know what? Come on down to SoCal. We'll welcome you with open arms. And play you Beach can ba- find them. Play Beach Blanket Bingo. I may not, but yeah. that's fine. Uh, you can find them on Facebook at Nova Rose Music, and that's N-O-V-A-R-O-S-E Music. Well, from... Artists that we just heard for the first time to artists that were featured as our band of the year last year. For this particular feature, we call this Birds of a Local Feather. And for this feature, we share our recent local show experiences. And I am talking about none other than the amazing Liliac. And David was kind enough to buy tickets for us to see them at the Whiskey on 26. 2022 just in case you're listening to this in like a 2050 and uh, we went and we saw them and I will say that they delivered so let me tell you a little bit about this band so 
they are a group of siblings and they are going on a big tour and so they're writing some of their own music you know they have some of their own music but mostly what they do is covers of metal songs rock songs by some of our favorites and david will tell you some of the people i'm sure who they covered because he he did this amazing extensive list i could not have told you but he knows he's the man but i will tell you that vocalist her she can do some amazing things she's got great range what an incredibly talented uh, family. But I want to talk about everything, David, from the costumes to the energy to the song choice. I kind of want to go through a little bit of everything, you know, because this is one that we saw together. And just so you know, folks, this is kind of what we meant to do. Right before COVID happened, we were planning and had already started going to see shows in L.A., local shows everywhere, but in L.A. specifically, we had seen, before everything happened, we had seen Britney's Rage uh, at the Whiskey. We had seen the Swansons at the Whiskey. And now we went back for the first time in a long time, and we saw Liliac. So first impressions, and then we'll kind of break it down further. David, where are you at? Well, you know how I love Liliac. I, I knew the songs because I have um, the their LP, mm-hmm. uh, Queen of Hearts, and their EP, uh, Chain of Thorns. It's always something of something. I, I think maybe the next one should be called Elias of Sun Hillow. Maybe? No, yeah. I don't think so. I think, I that's, think that's taken. taken. That's taken? Yeah, taken. No. What are the odds, right? I know. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, anyway, they, were, they were brilliant, and they, um, they did start out, indeed. This is the five siblings, as you said, the, hard rock, the heavy metal Partridge family. Uh, the oldest of them is now 21, yeah, and they've been doing down. this for years yeah. you know, already. And they started out uh, playing on the Santa Monica Pier, just doing covers like Dio because... They still do was, that. Uh, Melody has an incredible voice, and she uh, likes to sing Dio. And in fact, they did two covers of Dio when we saw them. They did uh, eight songs of their own, and uh, they treated us to a new one, and they did a whole lot of covers of mm-hmm. classics. I mean, we're that's talking, what they were known for for a long time. But yeah. now they're doing their own stuff, and their new their own stuff is amazing. Love. Oh, it. that yeah, that's the real draw for me is the originals because me they are too. so 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 good. Me too. And uh, but among the covers, they did Crazy Train, Enter Sandman, and Holy Diver. And these three in a row that they did just happened to have been recorded by. Pat Boone on his In a Metal Mood album. It's the truth. Uh, Irrelevant, but interesting at the it, it same time for mind. you. Now, the, uh, they have been, so they have been doing this for some years together, and they're very confident. They're very polished. Interesting reaction from some of the fans. I, I knew all the songs except the new one that they did. Uh, interesting. The fans were making comments about their appearance, that they used to dress all black and all metal and everything. And now they, they did. They, it's, they did. Now they look like a pop group. I don't know. I kind of like the look just fine, but somebody asked the question, uh, are they going to change their sound too? And if you were there and you heard a preview of the upcoming unreleased song Madness, then you know that they're, they're not changing anything. They're a kick-ass hard rock band. And it's one thing to do a Randy Rhodes cover. It's another thing to be able to play the solo. It, this kid's like 20 doing it, 21. Samuel, the guitar player, and um, the uh, oh, and he, he used to have really long metal hair, and then he cut it off. And Melody had even longer metal hair of the singer, and she cut it off. And fans are squawking about that. They're looking and everything. They look great. They sound great. Their originals are fabulous, and yeah, they do great covers too. And uh, thank you for discovering them. And uh, they were uh, an, just an amazing find. And I love this group. I immediately wanted to have their uh, records in my collection. Well, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I don't want people to dismiss them as a cover band because that's where they started. I mean, we all have to start somewhere, but they they have 
you know, a handful of songs now, enough for a, an album, obviously, and they're continuing to work on songs. And yeah, they're in the vein of metal and they're in the vein of these people that they love, but they still make them their own. And I will say I have, you know, a real love for that goth, dark, rock, vampire thing that they were doing, which I think works with the, the name too, Liliac. And everything was black and ruffles. And I love that. You know, it's interview with the vampire kind of shit. And I'm so in. So it was shocking and somewhat disappointing for people who weren't prepared. I don't care how you dress. As long as you deliver what you deliver. But I think people were looking for the bats on stage, right? To see these people like, you know, kind of emerge as creatures of the night. And instead what they did is they came up with this fresh amazing sound right so they're still hearkening back to these classics but with this kind of pop look they did it is poppy especially her outfit was very poppy but i also thought they're youthful yeah it, it's very youthful, youthful. And, and energetic and bright and, and i like the fact that. that it's happy looking the music still is as hard as anything and they're hitting hear. hard they're playing hard and uh now you probably know some of you listening that they were on um, what is it the world's best one of yeah, those shows. Yeah, they've been on a ton America's of shows. America's Got Talent. They've yeah. been seen by millions of people as these kids all dressed in black playing heavy metal covers, which is why I think people were disappointed. Which is what people, but their uh, their music stands on its own. And uh, if you do get a chance to see them, you really ought to because uh, yeah, they, they're great. And and don't don't wait for them to come. Go listen to their music and and you know ask them to come to your town. I mean. Follow them on Instagram. They're very, very active on Instagram, very active on Facebook. And I will tell you, this is one of those bands, like most indie bands, and they don't have a label. They're managed by their father, who they call Papa Liliac. And they're on the road. They have a tour bus. This is what they're doing. And, you know, they're doing this on their own. They don't want to succumb to any of the label stuff, at least not at this point. And they're being who they are. They're being authentic. They are allowed to evolve, people. Allow them to evolve. And this is youthful and not that the other stuff wasn't. It was kind of badass and hard and what we expect. But I like that when she came out, she's in pink. Yeah. And I wasn't pink expecting her yeah, to be pink in pink. And, white. and I wasn't expecting the guys to be in what I kind of call the four top sort of jackets. Yeah, yeah. But it was youthful. It was fresh. It felt light. But there was nothing light about the music. It was hard and it was great. And it's great to hear them do the covers because I know that's what people oh, yeah, yeah. really like. But my favorite part was when they weren't doing covers. Like Ab- you said. Absolutely. That's covers, my I have discovered some truly incredible bands through there doing covers. I mean, if you do a, a cover of like a Deep Purple song, I'm going to watch. And then I'm going to want to. If you have originals, I want to hear them. Same thing, Black Mamba, one of my favorite groups. I discovered them from covers. And with uh, Honeybone and, and, and Lilia. Well, you did. But uh, there are a number of bands like that. And uh, they're. Absolutely great. Originals are better. No question. I actually think that when I first heard Liliac, I heard them do a cover. I did not hear them do. Oh, yeah. Most people do, yeah. um, But I only heard them do a little bit, and I was like, oh, heard that. And I went to the next song, and it was an original. And that's where I I lived and breathed there. And I was like, okay. And then I went back and listened to do the cover. Because I'd always rather hear the original. But I understand, like you said, the cover's the draw. Yeah. And they're also paying homage to their faves. You know, and, and the confidence they have on stage, that just they're so... But humility. There's so much humility, humility. and just humanity there. Beautiful, thankful people, but they, they're confident in what they're doing. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they're always... In, in a venue like the Whiskey Go-Go, I mean, you go to a big concert or something like that, you got like one ba- band playing and nobody else really matters. Mm-hmm. The Whiskey, they were undisputedly the headliners. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got four or five bands playing one night. You got a couple minutes between sets. You're going to have a little bit of sound issues. I thought maybe Melody's vocal could have been a little higher in the mix, but I mean, 
Uh, they were they sounded beautiful. In spite of that, you could hear everything just a little bit higher. Uh, some people remarked on that, but uh, that was a, a great experience, uh, and I'm so glad that because they're from around here, but they're touring everywhere, and we just happened to catch them, and I'm very very pleased we did. Yeah, they moved from L.A. Mm-hmm. to Georgia, I believe, yeah. recently. Um, you know, think of cost of living; they can get so much more house there, and they actually built a studio that their fans helped them to build, that helped to fund. So. A really um, fresh, talented, amazing band that, you know, has has kind of been around for a while, but are really emerging in their own right with their own music. So Liliac is a band to watch, and uh, you spell Liliac L-I-L-I-A-C. So definitely take a look at them. They were our band of the year in 2021, and I'm sure if you start to listen, and you should, they will be your go-to band for every year. All right, and from Birds of a Local Feather, we go to another part of our flock. I'd say we've adopted Muncie Girls. Uh, They have a great song called Locked Up, and they are from the U.K., and they are punk rock. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to that. Are you ready to hear Muncie Girls? I am. Let's do it. Muncie Girls and I am jazzed to talk about this song, Locked Up. I was totally jazzed to hear we were going to hear some punk. Right? I know. You, I saw the look on your face. I heard the excitement in your voice. And tell me your thoughts. Do it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for punk. Uh, Female-fronted punk often just ups the ante even more. There's some of the absolute best. And, you know, the best punk, I mean, minute 44 seconds, no Come bullshit, on. straight to the point. Hell. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> yeah. And the best punk is like is a really rowdy and unbridled ride, but it serves as a vehicle for lyrics that are far better than you would have any right to expect, oh, given yeah. the rawness of the music, and I that agree. makes it even even better. And really uh, hooky uh, choruses and things like that, and everything. And this is a great example of that. I loved it. I mean, didn't have time to uh, <laughs> get too acquainted, but they made a, a beautiful first impression. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, the guitar kicked my ass the second I hit play on this track. I mean, I was. 
I was I loved the fact that I saw that it was punk. And again, from the UK, like you said, I was in. And then it just knocked my ass out. So you had the guitar, then you had the drums, and you had the bass, then you had the vocals. And I just, there's something about vocals that that only the UK women can do. There's something, it's beautifully melodic. So it's, right. It's, so yeah, right. it's perfect. I just, I loved it. It was, um, again, I know I keep saying this, but it just, it was restrained it wasn't indulgent it wasn't over the top it wasn't too much it was exactly what i wanted and it's you know i love that it harkens back to what i feel are kind of like 90s alt punk rock and i really love it and you know it actually is a little reminiscent of the sundays there are some of their harder hits and i feel like you know since the sundays stopped making music it's been a hole and so i think maybe that is a great hole that the muncie girls can can fill so i really really loved it i thought it was great they have a lot of other great music i wish i had more time to kind of dive into them but i would recommend that you do so on facebook and you can find them at m-u-n-c-i-e girls so do it that minute 44 seconds was just a taste oh so i see so the sundays had a preen break at the fence they left behind but the muncie girls are there to fill the void so hooray for fans of the sundays yeah check them out Uh uh-oh it is that time do it do the uh uh-oh uh-oh there it is (laughs) it is time for i saved them up from before yes (laughs) various songbirds and for this feature we uh, typically provide a little teeny tiny bits of song lyrics and we see if the other person can guess uh, which song we're talking about in a head-to-head battle. So, hmm, this time I go first. Are you ready? Uh, ready, yeah. Okay. I tried to make them a little harder. And I hope you're jazzed about that. I am, I am always jazzed about this feature. I love this feature. I'm jazzed because I feel like I thought outside the box, and I'm hoping that you don't just get these because I feel like all I do is send over softballs and you make me look like a fucking idiot. So this time I'm going to try to do some challenges. Though I do maintain that most of your complaints have been completely invalid up until now about the difficulty of the alleged difficulty. This time you might be onto something because I'm not sure. You either might just plow right through them or they might trip you up. So I hope the latter is the case. But lay, uh, lay it on me, me first. No, no, no. I hope I hope you plow right through them. I mean, sorry, not the latter, the former. <laughs> oh, there are no. there are no mistakes, Freud sayeth. So. Uh, I'm sorry. All right. So lay it on me. Okay. You seem so far away, though you are standing near. You made me feel alive, but something died, I fear. Uh-oh. Whoa, wait a second. Um, oh, it's so tough without the melody. Uh, what is it again? One more time, quick. You seem so far away, though you are standing near. You made me feel alive, but something died, I fear. That's definitely not a cotton ball, and I don't know. No idea. It is SOS by ABBA. Oh, see, I don't know the I know so the general away. vibe of the song, but not the not the Standing lyric in particular. Damn. And, and cuz I had two other albums and it wasn't on there either of them, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. Shit, um, sorry. That hey, don't be sorry. I, that means I'm not giving you super softballs. I'm trying to actually make it a challenge for you. I think I was just singing Knowing Me, Knowing You, too, so I just fucked uh-huh. that up. <laughs> it's not that You always got to go, uh. <laughs> yes, it is. Knowing Me, no, Knowing no, You. No, but this, uh-huh. this is. S-O-S. That's the song. I was uh-huh. singing the wrong song just now, but it's not Hummingbird, so. Yeah, that's right. It isn't. 
All right. Well, hopefully this one's going to be. This one could be. Oh, that's nothing. Or are you were around when this was out and everything. You probably know it, but it could. It could be a problem. Okay. Okay. Thanks for throwing the first thing at me as this could be a problem. Thanks for that. I get. The, let's get the tough one out of the way. <laughs> yeah. My mama said to get things done, you better not mess with Major Tom. Oh, I know. I know this. Yeah. More. Okay. We know Major Tom's a junkie, strung out in heaven's high, hitting an all-time low. You're already singing it, right? One more time, all the lines, and then I'm just going to... Okay, okay. We know Major Tom's a junkie, strung out in heaven's high, hitting an all-time low. My mama said to get things done, you better not mess with Major Tom. Fuck, I know this song. Yeah. Oh, fuck, it's pissing me off. I know this song. Okay, I can't belabor it anymore. David Bowie, Ashes to uh, Ashes. Fuck. Yeah. I was like, I knew it was sorry. Bowie, but I knew I wasn't going to get the whole thing. So okay. sorry. The other ones Major are easier, Tom's I hope. Yeah, okay. <sighs> okay. So what's the point of robbery when nothing is worth taking? It's kind of tough to tell a scruff the big mistake he's making. Okay, you're totally sticking, turning the screws this time. Um, quickly, one more time. I don't know this one. but so, so what's the point of robbery when nothing is worth taking? It's kind of tough to tell a scruff the big mistake he's making. Why does it sound like Van Halen? Um, I, 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 I don't know. So what's the use of robbery when nothing is worth taking? It's kind of tough to tell the scrub the big mistake he's making. Stand and deliver. Oh, no, Adam Ant. (laughs) Oh, darn it. No, I I would not have gotten that. I even tried to say it in the rhythm. I was trying to say it. Now, if this was Hummingbirds, if this were Hummingbirds, and you said, Adam Ant, stand and deliver. But I know you know Adam Ant. Well, not terribly well. Just a handful of things, but I just like what I've heard. So this is kind of, just so you know, what I'm doing to you is what you do to me every week. Just so there you know. Stuff that. I, I, I would never have any way of knowing. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, same thing, yeah. All right, here we go. Ready? Yes. All right. Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone, and I've made up my mind. I ain't wasting no more time. Drifter, I was born to walk alone. I love White Snake. Here I go again. Thanks. See? See? That's that's kind of what I was expecting them all to be like. That was a good one. Well, yeah. you say that every week, and I every know. week you fuck me. So there it is. All right. <clears throat> Another tough one coming up. Sorry. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if you ever look behind and don't like what you find, uh, there's something you should know. You've got a place to go. Is that fucking Ben by Michael Jackson? I see. I'm scarred is, for life. Is it? Is it Michael Jackson? Yeah, of course it's Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's not the Jackson Five. It's Michael Jackson solo. What? What's the question? The Jackson Five. No, it isn't. It is. That's where it came up under. I looked up Jackson Five lyrics. I I we'll have to we'll have to research this. Well, let's do. I'll do the research right the fuck now. That's fucked up. No way, man. See, it says right here Jackson Five Ben. It's super confusing. Yeah, yeah. Who is Ben in the Michael Jackson song? It's a fucking okay. rat. Yeah, I like it. It's cute. So yeah, you were right. But here's the thing: if I can't trust the internet. I'm to telling help you. answer this fucking question for me, is it Michael Jackson or is the Jackson Five? It comes up Michael Jackson in some some circles and others the Jackson Five. So it's I like, should have known. It's like your whole life is a lie. It is out. my whole fucking life is a lie. So you got that one. Well, so. I was scarred for life uh, because this was 1972. Yes. And the song is about a rat, and it's about the rat, the title character of Ben, this movie about a fucking rat named Ben. What's wrong with the rat? Well, I mean, it's kind of cre- it's a creepy movie that follow. It's a sequel to an Another creepy movie. Okay, never saw it. But yeah, Willard uh, Rat is uh, Ben is a killer rat. 
Uh, however, the kid in the movie writes this song in like five minutes' time. It's Lee, Lee Harcourt Montgomery plays the kid. And he just writes this song like almost as fast, almost as quickly as it takes to sing the thing. It's so funny. But yeah, he's, to his friend, the rat Ben, that's what it's all about. So. It is the sweetest song. It's it very is sweet. sweet. Yeah, yeah. If uh, divorced from the uh, from the context, it is totally sweet. You know, divorce is something I don't advocate. So <laughs> you know, if you if you they can... <laughs> don't see you as I do, it is it's kind of so sweet. Yeah, sweet. no question. Because you knew and me, you know, it's just like we have each other. Oh, so sweet. All right, hit me. You'll never be alone with okay. your best shot. All right, this one. Unfortunately, this one's probably slightly challenging. Thanks too. for that. Appreciate okay. it. I cry out for magic. See it dancing in the light. It was cold, lost my hold on the shadow, to the shadows of the night. No sign of the morning coming, you've been left on your own. No fucking clue what that is. I cry out for magic, see it dancing in the light. It was cold, lost my hold to the shadows of the night. No sign of the morning coming, you've been left on your own like a... Rainbow in the Dark. Sorry. Oh, I thought for sure you'd know that. Fuck I'm sorry. No. Rainbow in the Dark. Yeah. Oh, Dio. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Liliac I mean, actually did that to the whiskey. Yeah, I remember I'm they did so that, sorry. but I don't know the lyrics. Oh, because <laughs> I thought the lyric almost is the melody. I mean, it's so it's so close. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Oh, well, don't, hey, you know that's all right. I've I've just tried to make it a little harder this time. A little bit. Mission accomplished. I know where beauty lives. I've seen it once. I know the warmth she gives. The light that you could never see, it shines inside. You can't take that from me. Uh, what? I know where beauty lives. I've seen it once. I know the warmth she gives. The light that you could never see, it shines inside. You can't take that from me. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Finally, finally. Live to Tell by Madonna. That's correct. I was going to say, wait, this is a good one. Why did I not know this good one? It is a great one. Live to tell by Madonna. Whew, oh, that was I, close. Lo- I, I mean, I'm like, if you don't get this Sons one. Inside, that I can just hear her saying, a man can, can tell for, yeah. a thousand lies. I've oh. my lesson well. Hope I live to tell the secret. Come on. That's a beautiful I song, I man. love that. It's one of my faves. Wow. Yeah. All right. I got one more. I've already completely and totally invalidated my existence by sucking. So let's see if I can continue that trend. All right, it was it was difficult for you. It was difficult, and this one's probably not going to be any better. So Thanks. let's just oh, say it was. Thank bad. you. Well, I, I missed all uh, of mine except one, right? You you missed two, and you got two oh, right. Okay, that's right. Uh-huh. That's right. Okay. So no con- little consolation. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> In a couple of days, they come and take me away, but the press let the story leak. And when the radical priest come to get me released, we was all on the cover of Newsweek, and I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. So sorry. I, got I, I can just tell. Ah, taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rosie, the queen of Corona. Saying, no. Okay, I'll have to cut all that. Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Oh, yeah. It's probably because I hate that song. Oh, no. That's it's one of the why. greats. I'm oh. so. Wow. Anyway, I'm sorry. I thought sorry. that was a pretty plan. It's one of those things like the Dia one where the lyric is strange, but it it's phrased. It, it, it's. Throws the lyric right into your, throws the melody right into your head almost. Uh, mm. Unless, of course, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> 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 sorry. Okay. Okay, that didn't go right well. Throws the lyric right into your head. Uh, unless, of course, unless it, it doesn't. You know, it just doesn't. That sorry. was amazing. It's so catchy, it's diabolical. I can't believe you don't like that song, but okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm the one that feels like Paul Simon should have not gone solo. Well, uh, our art was good for him, I gotta say. He should have stayed with art, and if that didn't work, he should have just gone into, like, gardening or something. Oh, shit. 
but he didn't, and people loved people it. People are out there I, in, the, in the audience going, fucking Greatest Day is the best album ever, man. Yeah. yeah that, if, if Elvis did it, maybe, but, you know, I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So, um, how many did it get right? One? Um, sorry. I'm just, I'm just asking. I just, I just want the... I just want uh, our flock to know how brutalized I am week after week. That's really throwing you a bone there with White Snake. You yeah, know, that was a bone. That <laughs> was one. I thought they were all bones. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is we are about to listen to Imperial April with a song called Release Me, very on theme. And she is from Christchurch, New Zealand, and she considers herself guitar heavy, power pop. Imperial April. Oh,
that was Imperial April. I love that name. I don't know. It just, obviously, it's kind of like Queen Christina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I, why didn't I think of Queen Christina? I love it. You can feel free to call me that. That's okay. So, release me. Oh, I'm telling you, this is, Katy Perry wishes she sounded like this. Vocally, oh, so she much. wishes that she had smart, really amazing power pop that also has a new wave feel because for me that's everything that little bit of synth mm. that's so delicious and rhythmic and and then it also is accenting her oh i fucking live for that and this is um what should be on the radio right now as oh, far as pop it. goes it really Nothing. should be <laughs> it really should be i mean i love also this chorus let's just talk about it i mean this chorus is I heard this chorus once, and I was singing it all day. Release me, you know, over yep, and over yep. and over and over. It is just one of those. And just that voice, it's so innocent. It's so sweet. There's a saccharine to it, but then this is a really sad song, so I like that. And it's a very up song, and you know I like to disguise sad stuff as kind of upbeat. <laughs> I'm kind of into it that. makes it go down more, yeah. Right, exactly. It makes it go down a little easier. And I love uh, that that they they do that breakdown and that build back up. I just I can't tell you how much I love it. It's perfect for you know pop, but it's really perfect for any song. And then the ending, the endings have been great. They're quick, they're kind of to the point. They leave you wanting more and I felt the same about this tune by Imperial April. Yeah, a lot of the same observations, same words. That's why I, I, I swear, we should mute the mic of the other person. Because they're, like, oh, 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 oh. they're saying my words, man. They're taking my shit, man. Uh, but it's true. I was thinking the same things. Imperial April, I mean, I love that they're not they do not spare the synths and the guitars. I mean, right? it's poured on thick. I mean, there's not like there's a hundred of them or anything, but it, it has a really fat sound to it. It does. Like the, Very meaty. The really good uh, power pop. You know, this is the kind of thing... That could be, as you were saying, a hit anywhere, a hit everywhere. Absolutely. And we'd hear it and go, oh, thank God, some justice, finally. Yes, thank, Something this good is, is great. Fi- Yeah, this is what should be there. It fuses all that power, pop, punk, dance thing, like some bands like uh, Blondie and No Doubt have done totally. on many occasions. And I tell you, if, uh, if uh, No Doubt ever uh, uh, has a preen break, uh, the, and uh, the fence left behind can also tune in to Imperial April because they're going to be satisfied. It's very, very good stuff. Very good stuff, right? I mean, just a lot of great stuff. Thank God that uh, we came up with this, you know, theme because what a great group of artists it has yielded. And you can find Imperial April on Facebook at Imperial April Music. Do yourself a favor. Go listen. Now I turn it over to David what? To give some results. Oh yes, the results. Oh, I thought it was like actual work or something. Okay, no, I result. did all the work. Yeah, this is this is nothing. Okay, <laughs> I don't resent this too much. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> all right, time for the results. What results you say? Hell yes, or just like anybody who doesn't listen all the time is wondering why we keep talking about preen breaks and right, fences yeah. and what stuff. The fuck? Fences, yeah. be- fence left behind. Who what leaves the a fence behind? Well, you know, yeah, you got to go back and listen. Got to go listen. All right. Uh, the results in question are hell yes or hell no, the results that we uh, put out there into the public sphere to get your opinions on a certain question. And in this case, uh, for this feature, we consider bands and determine if we're in for them or out. And we also ask you to weigh in. We want to know what you think, what your opinions are. And last time, we pitched at you Alanis Morissette. 
Now, okay, uh, the results, by the way, um, 98% of our respondents, and you're probably not going to be too terribly surprised by this, say, hell yes, for Alana. Nobody was really blasting. Nobody was out. But Alanis. The, you said Alana. Al- uh, no, said, I said Alanis. You said Alana. I, anyway, hell, man, <laughs> not so enthused as like 2%. And for me, uh, I I wouldn't have been hell mad, no. But I wouldn't have maybe if that was the only choice because I wasn't super psyched about her. But, of course, I had to go back and we had stations that would play a lot of her stuff. So I've heard, you know, quite a few of her tunes from uh, various different albums. One thing I was surprised to find out was that the huge best-selling Jagged Little Pill was not her first album. Nope. Uh, It was not. It was her third. It's just that the other ones weren't too terribly known. And that's when she hooked up with uh, producer-songwriter Glenn Ballard, and that kind of changed everything. And that one yielded some bigots and, and good stuff, solid stuff. I really liked it. And uh, we heard a lot of the uh, the album after that, uh, Supposed Former Infatuation Junkie, mm-hmm. which had some... And I was listening... I got really caught up in that last night, listening to that. It's great. And I was like, wow, this is... Uh, first of all, there's some really stinging, sharp lyrics. Her, she All her lyrics are hers, and they're, they're really good. She's a very strong lyricist. That Baba, really stinging like guru, was like a, uh, blasting this guru, just like the Beatles uh, were trying to do what John Lennon was trying to do with uh, Sexy Sadie, which he was going to call Maharishi, which they said, no, nah, let's not do that. It's a mm-hmm. very biting little tune from Alanis. See, I said Alanis. And uh, <laughs> I was very impressed. With, I was thinking, wow, this is awesome how it's uh, incorporating all this like Eastern either str- uh, strings or fake strings on synths or guitars or something with that awesome Eastern you know, uh, desert sound, that Silk Road sound. It was fantastic. And then I later on I looked up and found out that she had just returned from India when she recorded that, and it was uh, just really panned out. So I was much more impressed uh, with Alanis Morissette uh, after reviewing some uh, tunes I hadn't heard before. So uh, I think, of course, she uh, does some acting and playing uh, <clears throat> God in a certain movie. But, <laughs> no, but she's a great singer-songwriter, and... Uh, I would have probably said hell yes if I could err on that side, but now I much more uh, freely do so. so. Yeah, so Alanis is kind of one of those, uh, it's hard for me. So I know all women in the audience are going to kill me because I know she's an icon. I get it. And she has done some stuff with music that I love. I will say the thing that drew me to her was You Ought to Know. I heard that and I thought, oh my fucking God. I love this. This is a rocker chick singing about shit, and she says the word fuck in this song. It's edgy. I liked the video, everything about it. And I was like, I don't know who this lady is, but she is going to fucking kill it. Come to find out she'd already been fucking killing it, right? But then it was now I had seen it. And then, so that, and then the song Uninvited, those two songs make me love her. Mm. The other songs make me go, oh, okay. Some of it, like, thank you, I like that song. I like some stuff. You know, I, I do like that album that you're referring to. I like a lot of stuff on that album, more so than Jagged Little Pill. I know that was the stuff that was famous and the stuff that was popular. And, yes, I sung <laughs> I, I sung Hand in My Pocket. I did all that at karaoke. No, really? I did. I did Head Over Feet. I did all that stuff at karaoke, but they weren't my favorites. I really wish I could have heard her do more of uninvited or more of you ought to know which again is on that other album more so but i think 
I think I'd have to say she's a hell meh for me. Really? Well, yeah. I'm, close to hell yes, but she's certainly not anywhere near a hell no for me. No, no. I understand. I, I just think more of her now. Um, oddly enough, the stuff, the super angsty, anguishy, you, you ought to know. Is not like the best of the stuff that I've I've heard of her. I like the other stuff a little bit better. Occasionally, um, her voice might not really be the best. I mean, it, it right. is, I don't know. There's, there's it's hard to hear sometimes. Her. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes but, you don't want to hear that. So, it's but a lot a of times too... she's really good too. But I, I would say to uh, Alanis, if you're listening, that um, uh, if you're going to write a song uh, about a word like ironic, then you ought to know what it means first. You did not just do that. <laughs> uh, but oh, really, though, God. it's been the source of so many jokes that that song and I mean, i've heard radio radio hosts say uh that was really ironic and not in the alanis morissette way either and you know what's great is she's taken that right to the fucking meeting of a fuck what we say no and she's and it's uh, still a good everybody still loves the song anyway you know? yeah and she's you know she's in yeah. her mansion laughing at all of us so that's right. good she could do a reissue and slip in there and say oh i intended this verse to be there the whole time i bought a smoke alarm and it said my House on fire. Now that would be uh, ironic, unlike everything else I said in the song before that. See, so she could actually vindicate herself by pretending she knew all along what it meant. I just feel like she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> no. So I think you know. I think here's the thing. The only problem I have with what you say is this: is what you said about about you ought to know. Is just because you don't like the angsty songs doesn't make it not an amazing song. A breakthrough song for her. It was a breakthrough song. It's a well constructed song. It's, it's, I mean, if you listen to it as a song without knowing what the lyrics are, it is a great song. So for you to say, I like the other stuff better. Right. I understand that you have preferences, but to say that's not a great song, it is a great rock song. It doesn't make sense for you to say it's not a great rock song. It just is. It is. Uh, maybe if it wasn't, I don't know. Maybe it's the lyric I don't like, but it misses a little bit. Uh, it's a little too screamy. I don't know. It's just not my bag. At least it has not been. Um, somebody made an interesting comment about that. They said that Jagged Little Pill is like a 90s version of Carole King's Tapestry. It's like a woman using her plain soft rock voice to sift through the emotional wreckage of her youth and everything. And that's true. I think that's what why she resonated with so many people. But behind all that, I mean, she really is a, a solid uh, singer-songwriter. So I understand why she's so popular. And um, I get it. I would have to say hell yes, but not. I'm not going to go out and buy anything of hers. But she's better than I had given her credit for. I'm surprised there you say I love just a little bit and not uh, the rest. But it's a... Uh it's a th- and, and I had this, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with many people who love her. Lots of people that I grew up with, like in Arizona, just worship her. And I get it. I can see why. She's not my cup of tea, but I don't dislike her. I'm more <laughs> I'm more the Fiona, Fiona Apple type than I am Alanis Morissette type. So, you know, and I think you kind of fall into two categories. You're either two that, camps. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm I'm. I'm Fiona Apple. So those were kind of the 90s big ladies. So anyway, Alanis, you got uh, just a huge amount of support. And it's not that I don't love you, but you're a hell meh for me because of looking at your entire body of work. But you're brilliant. And I do love it when you play the harmonica. Okay. Hey, Fantastic. Nice. So, oh, my God. <sighs> Last artist of this particular show, and they are called Humble Braggers. That's a little oxymoronic. Right? Yeah. Don't, oh, at least it's not ironic yeah. in the wrong sense. <laughs> Don't you think? Um, <laughs> the song is called Locked Inside, and they're from Buffalo, New York. They are indie dreams, synth pop, and indie rock. Wow, that's a lot. Let's see. 
so humble braggers. Well, that's good. I mean, I guess it's good to be balanced, and they seem balanced. I thought this was a lovely tune. Another new wave pop gem. I I, I feel very new wave about this. I feel a little Thompson's Thompson. Uh, I right, feel a little right. Thompson Twins. A little Simple Minds. A little Crowded House. A little Howard Jones. I love it. I'm feeling a little bit of influence from all of those. The male vocal is just lovely, and uh, I like some of the little things he does with the vocals. There's so much texture in this song. It's very dense, and the layers are a lot more complex than they seem. Uh, I really, really liked this. I thought it was a great, a great song, and I liked that it sounded kind of again a, a kind of upbeat even though it's talked about being like trapped like locked inside your own mind and all of that so i like it i felt like he took me on a trip through his mind maybe and i liked that a lot yeah i like how uh, right from the from this outset there's a, a kind of a hint of menace but nothing overbearing yeah. it's kind of like you know it almost could be like a billy idol song until the vocals start and then it, it is all of that all those groups you mentioned 80s all the way. It's hard to believe this has not been sitting around for 40 years. We are talking about 1982 before. Well, that's kind of what you would expect. Um, this, The groups you mentioned, I, for some reason, I, I associated with like the sound of U2 and Depeche Mode. Just a I lot of that. that. A lot of that type of thing. I hear that. I mean, I mean definitely hear his influences. You know? Oh, yeah. I think he's made something special for himself, but I do feel like you hear all those influences, and I love that. And it's like... I find it hard to believe this is not on the Atomic Blonde soundtrack, even though it wasn't around back then. So that's that's probably why it isn't, but it should be. I mean, it's that kind. Of, it's worthy of all of that great '80s synth pop, and um, it's it's just surprising to find it now. It's a it's a very it's excellent. Yeah, and I only go back as the furthest I go back with um, finding um, music. If I'm if I'm mining the music myself is 2018 and usually it's 2020 to 2022 yeah most of the stuff has not been sitting around since yeah no it's cold war it's very (laughs) fresh sounding and i think you know that's i think the problem and it's interesting and i say the problem it's a problem with using synths because it automatically dates it and i don't mind that but i think people and i did that right i automatically went back to some of those things, but I love those things. And when you bring that, and like you said, Depeche Mode, and and you bring that, all of those influences, you mix them together, it's something new and different that just simply harkens back to that time. And I think people embrace that, even though it isn't something that's been done all the time consistently since then. I think people welcome that back, like yeah. like vinyl. <laughs> I miss know? it. Yeah. What's a CD player? How many knuckleheads have you met? It doesn't even have. Wait. How many people have you met? Doesn't know what's a CD player? I don't have a CD player. Oh yeah, but I got a I got a record player though. Play vinyl. What the hell? Same. I mean, yeah. it's like that. It's classic, and uh, it, it goes back to that age, and uh, people love it. I loved it. I think it's great now. I think what they've done to try to elevate it. These bands that go back in youth since, I think they really are elevating it um, to another level and taking it to a different place that you couldn't in the eighties cause they just didn't have the technology and they certainly didn't have the multi trackers like they do now. And mm-hmm. there's so much, there's so many layers here, so many different synth sounds, so many, I mean, probably that this person or these people created. So, uh, just really, really lovely. I really, really liked it. And I always, I was telling David off air that I, I usually go through and I pick about 10 mm-hmm. and then I whittle it down. So these people made the cut out of me listening to dozens of songs and I whittle it down to about 10 then I pick a five from those 10. So just so you know, I must have really liked your song and I certainly did like the humble braggers and you can find them on Facebook at 
humble braggers. It's nice that you're humble and all, but your bragging is kind of justified. Yeah, you're, so. yeah, I agree. So the rest of the show, I will turn over to my very capable co-host, and I will be here for the ride, riding his coattails on out. Not according to the uh, according to the schedule, the format in front in front of me. Oh, I can't snow you, can I? No, no, no. All right, all right. I know. I How actually, about I do one more part? I, I seldom ever glance. I seldom ever study, but I did. I uh, just decide to glance at this. And all I right, know. I'll do one more bit, and then I'm turning it over to you. Got okay. it? Okay. Got it. All right, so he provided you with a recap of the theme at the beginning of the show, and that's where we heard all the jailhouse flock. But we have a new theme, because we should, and why not? And this one is, I'm a lock kite. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm a lock kite. That's right. Oh, yeah. There's nothing I won't sing here. I love it. So this is songs about darkness, nightfall, the absence of light, blackness, etc. So obviously a play on the song, on the dark side so that's what we're looking for coming up and uh, i think it's going to be fun because there is no shortage of songs about darkness let's hope we were disappointed (laughs) in the past with these uh goody two-shoes pollyannas out there not coming up with anything bad for us you know i think uh you know just from going through band camp i think i see some glimmers of darkness so i think we're gonna be okay so there's hope Yes, and now, all right, I tried to snow him, but I couldn't. Now I'm turning the rest of the show over to you. I'm done. Uh, Let me take you on a guided meditation. Over here, there's a puppy. Over here, there's a blanket. Mm. We're going to wrap that puppy up in a neat little blanket. Mm. Uh, It's time to wrap the puppy up in a neat little blanket. Mm. Uh, Our next offering is a new episode of Winging It. Enjoy our... 15 to 45 minutes, especially if I'm handling it, it'll probably be close to 45, a <laughs> uh, show that covers one topic, no music, no features, just mainstream music chat and anything else that happens to come up along the way, uh, opinions and uproarious laughter, hopefully some of yours too. I hope so. Your boys are coming at you every week, so subscribe to subscribe to our feed at bofonair.podbean.com. That's B-O-A-F, as in birds of a feather, on air.podbean, like it sounds, .com. And enable notifications or subscribe and listen on your favorite platform. And remember, we cannot grow our flock, faithful ones, without you. So please share us on your uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. feeds. Sharing is caring. And, well, I guess, uh, gee, is it possible that that only leaves for you to say... Let's get the flock out of here. This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.